This is Purpose Aligned with Nia. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, here we are in the word. Are you ready? Let's go back to the Psalms. And I often follow the reading of the 23rd Psalm with the reading of the 24th and 25th Psalms. So today, I'm going to go into Psalm 24. It reads in the King James Version, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Psalm 24. Help me, Lord, a prayer, an entry on Nia 44 on August the 25th, 2018. Help me, Lord, help me to humble myself, to consider my ways. Help me to seek your will, understand your word, love your word more deeply to examine my heart. Help me to forgive and have compassion. Help me to consider others even more, to be more kind to have more faith. Help me, Lord. Help us to love one another, pray for one another, uplift one another. For your word tells us that love covers a multitude of sin, Proverbs 10, 12. Help me to recognize when I am wrong, apologize sincerely, and strive to reflect your love. Help me, help me, Lord, to love more deeply, Show me where and how to serve, to help. For your help, I am grateful. Thank you, Lord. I'm a Yamal's. I have driven, literally ridden. I have driven for a living. 
45 minutes up to Lincoln, seen past rolling green of the mind. I have seen all kinds of things, no misgiving. See, all things work together for good, won't be misunderstood. Will not fret, will not forget, ain't done yet. You can bet it will get done. From the miles came the trials, all the tears through the years. All the while, perseverance made her appearance. The clearance in my life, goodbye strife, wisdom, here you came. Cause I asked, I believe, I receive, I achieve, and I grieve all my sins and repent. Heaven sent. I have been driving long distances since I was 16 years old, back when I was co-pilot, quote unquote, to my mother, driving from Tulsa to Chester, Chester to Tulsa. 1,200 plus miles, what would take us about 20, 21 hours to actually do when we drove straight through. And so there are some things that I've been doing since then. Back then I had an atlas. I still have the original atlas where I highlighted the trip up I-44. Driving is what I do. I had the blessing and the pleasure at 51 years old to take what I call a 14 by 14 drive from Delaware to Atlanta to Dallas. I completed the longest road trip that I had ever done. And I did it alone in two legs. As a matter of fact, I actually had to share the journey. And that's when I tried Instagram for the first time. That testimony was full. There are some things that we do to prepare for a long distance drive. And we'll be referring to some of those things metaphorically in this journey. Do you have your fuel for the journey? Do you have your things packed in the back for the journey? Y'all, when I saw those folks stuck on I-95, let me tell you, there are two things that I can't stand in a long distance drive, inclement weather and traffic. That was a sheer nightmare, what we saw in Virginia this week. It reminded me of when I lived in Atlanta and the city got shut down that day. When I was sitting in my office watching it all happen, being from the Northeast, I knew snow was coming. I could have told the mayor the snow's coming. Why are these buses on the road? Anyway, that's water under the bridge or ice on the road as it was. At any rate, you want to have some things in the back. You want to have your car checked. Is your alignment right? Your brakes, got good tires. You need directions. It's just some things you need for the journey. And traveling and driving in 2020, in the pandemic, before we had vaccines, I learned to stop at those welcome centers. Breathe, stretch, inhale, exhale, relieve yourself, get back on the road. So here we are at a pit stop, what I'm calling a welcome center. How are you doing? Where are you? Mind, body, spirit and emotion. Do you need to make some adjustments? For me, I've learned I need to make constant adjustments. So that was a pit stop at the Welcome Center. Let's go. Well, here we are at the woman at the well. Did y'all catch that Freudian slip that I made in the last episode when I said the woman in the well? 
I don't know if it was actually a Freudian slip because I entitled one post taking the plunge, the woman at the well. I might be the woman in the well. I needed to take the plunge. Anyway, this is all about sharing and opening my life with you. And I want to ask you a question. Do you think that God can use you? Do you think that he can do something through your life? If you answered that no, you should think again. We've already learned about the woman at the well and how her life was used to change a whole village of people. Today, I want to talk about a few other women that joined her in being used by God. Some were actually in the lineage of Jesus talk about being used by God. So let's talk about first Bathsheba. Bathsheba, if you don't know, was the woman who was married when King David was walking on his terrace and saw her, summoned her, and basically took her from her husband. Bathsheba lost that first baby as a result of their sin and went on to birth Solomon. God used her despite the adultery, despite everything, God used her. Let's talk about another woman that was used by God. Have you all heard of Rahab in the Bible, in the book of Joshua? Rahab was a harlot, a prostitute. And Joshua tells us she was instrumental in helping the spies when Joshua got the unction to cross over, be strong and courageous and cross over to the other side. Just some background on that. Moses had passed on, joined the ancestors. After spending all of that time in the wilderness with the Israelites after leaving Egypt with the Exodus. And now Joshua was given the charge to cross over. Moses had been disqualified. We'll talk about that later in case you don't know. And so Joshua, bold as he was, hearing from the Lord as he did, called the people together and said, get ready. In three days, we're crossing over. And he sent out spies to see exactly how to do that very thing. Well, the spies ran across Rahab and Rahab was used by God right in her place where she lived. That harlot's house was used to hide the spies. And that harlot's house was saved when the rest of the town was not. Here's what I want to say about Rahab. She knew, the Bible says Rahab knew that they had heard of the crossing over the Red Sea, that their hearts melted, hers and everybody in the town. She knew that the God of gods was with these people and they were coming for them. She knew and she was willing to sacrifice her own safety to align with them. She hid them and she not only hid them, but she took her knowledge 
of the town. Come on, y'all. She took her knowledge and told them exactly what to do. Go hide for three days, and I want one thing in return. Save me, please, and my family. And that's exactly what happened. God used Rahab in that situation, and God can use you too. One other woman I want to talk about being used in the Bible is Ruth. And Ruth was also in the lineage of Jesus. Ruth was from Moab. Naomi lost both her husband and her sons, and Ruth was her daughter-in-law. Although Naomi tried to send Ruth back to her people, Ruth had the faith and said, your people are my people and your God is my God. I'm going with you. Faith. And because she did, she met her Boaz. And Boaz and Ruth are in the lineage of Jesus. What's the bottom line? If God can use the woman at the well and Rahab, Ruth, Saul, who was persecuting the Christians and later turned and started worshiping God and wrote many of the books of the New Testament. The list goes on and on. We just need to turn, have faith, and allow God to use us. You're familiar with the audio blog me just speaking and reading from my blog at nia44.com and Alicia my cousin shout out to Alicia again asked me to explain a little bit about affirmations and that was really confirmation for this new segment which I'm going to call audiobook so this is me reading the beginning of my book the power of affirmations because it really talks about the testimony of how powerful affirmations have been in my life. And it also gives you a little bit on how to use the book. Now, whether you decide to go into the book or not, that's fine, no big deal. It's there for you on amazon.com if you decide to, however. In the meantime, there's a lot packed into pages two, three, four, and five that can help us here. So here I go. An affirmation is a positive statement used to create positive energy within. Go to the dictionary. You know I love the dictionary, y'all. I'm gonna keep paying that for it. I literally am like the biggest nerd, dictionary nerd that you probably ever met in your entire life. The power of affirmations. I am blessed to have had the amazing habit of practicing affirmations in my life for over a decade now. Along with my faith, study, and meditation of biblical and spiritual principles. I embraced this journey when I discovered the need for the art of affirmations in a meditation process of evaluating my thoughts. It was then that I identified negative thoughts about myself. Although I was a high achiever, having accomplished many goals, college, law school, etc., and having overcome obstacles and defied statistics as a teen mother, I still suffered from harboring negative thoughts in my mind. I considered, who would I be if I eradicated these thoughts and embraced compassion and love for self? How would the process of transformation from negative thoughts to 
positive thoughts enhance my life and what would it produce? Well, I decided to neutralize the thoughts by writing positive statements. After all, what other option did I have? (laughs) I could remain in a negative place or I could change, period. These powerful practices of retraining the brain is truly transformative and liberating. The journey has been amazing. I must say that it is not an overnight process. It's a constant journey, not a quick destination. It takes consistent practice to realize sustained change and it's well worth the effort. Not only has this changed my life to create more positive energy and joy within and acceptance and love for self, but I've been able to share the process with others. I've shared the blessing of affirmations with friends, family, high school protégés, college students, dance students, and many others. I truly believe that we can change the world by being the change we want to see, as Mahatma Gandhi said. If we cultivate love within, we can love others completely. I often use the analogy of the instructions given by a flight attendant before takeoff. In the event of a loss of cabin pressure, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Well, sometimes life's trials and tribulations feel like a loss of cabin pressure, a loss of life pressure, so to speak. Self-care is important. We cannot always control what life brings our way, but we can establish habits that will help us weather the storms of life when they come. Loving oneself is truly the key to loving others and practicing affirmations is a powerful strategy to learn to love oneself. I encourage you to embrace this holistic life journey by embracing all components of the complex spiritual creature that you are, mind, body, spirit, and emotion. With these affirmations, you will find exercises intended to work all parts of who you be. Whatever your faith, know that you are a spiritual creature first. Be inspired to embark upon the spiritual journey of truth. Ponder deeply what the journey, the process of taking your very last breath will mean. Process the beauty in that journey that we all will take in the cycle of life, for this is something we will all experience. Live life fully in the present moments because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. From this central place, embrace growth and transformation of mind, wonderful learning, and the movement and exercise of body and the cultivation of positive emotion as beautiful processes of life. Love it all completely, wholly, holistically. In this book, you will also find themes of other holistic life practices that I have embraced. One, purpose living, and two, the practice of gratitude. The combination of practicing affirmations with gratitude and purpose has been powerful in my life. I have found that purpose secures the roots, affirmations feed the soil, and gratitude waters the plants. In this way, my personal garden is full of nourishment for my soul and love for my creator. Loving creator means loving me, who was created. The golden rule found in the book of Leviticus 19 verse 18 says, love your neighbors as yourself. And in Matthew 7, 12, Jesus summarizes the law by saying, do unto others what you want them to do unto you. This rule of reciprocity flows through ancient customs and philosophies as well, revealing a basic truth. We cannot give unto others 
what we don't possess ourselves. And we cannot give unto others what we don't give to ourselves first. Unfortunately, we don't always take the time we need to rest, to reflect on our lives, ourselves, lessons learned, growth, potential, strengths, and weaknesses, or to replenish ourselves. When life's pressures come along, as they do for all of us, we could find that we don't have enough energy to manage our own individual lives. We can learn to take the time alone in what I call sacred solace to fill our inner cup full of love. Spending the time to know thyself and to love thyself is time well spent. Be inspired and motivated to not only practice affirmations, but to keep a journal of your progress, milestones, and growth. I am a firm believer that every human being can benefit from the writing process. Enjoy the journey of self-reflection and the powerful art of affirmations. Relax, relate, release. Transformation is a process. Be patient with yourself in the process of change. Any new habit takes 30 to 40 days to establish. Prior to embarking on the journey, set your intention in your mind by actively committing to spend time, moments daily to practice affirmations. You can take only five minutes a day to begin. Cherish those few moments. And the time spent will be sure to grow into what you need. Relax, relate, release is the theme for you to follow in the book. Relaxation of the mind, body, spirit, and emotion is the goal. Take just a few moments to center your being with deep breaths. Inhale, exhale slowly. Relating to oneself is the goal. Begin each day by focusing on the first affirmation. Repetition of the affirmation will be the key to success. Then take five. Take five minutes to quiet the mind. In this process, become aware of your thoughts. Listen to the mantra of your mind. Jot your thoughts down on the space provided in the book or in your journal. You can do this without my book. You can just do this. Just do it. Are the thoughts positive? If not, write an affirmation to neutralize it. For example, if you heard, you're always making mistakes. You're stupid in your mind. You could write, mistakes are a part of life. Everyone makes mistakes. I can learn from my mistakes. I'm intelligent and capable of learning and growing. Repeat that personal affirmation throughout the day. Every hour would be ideal. Now release the power of positive energy with practice and repetition. The brain is gonna ruminate on something. Don't let it ruminate on those negative things. Stop it, interrupt it. Put the word in and put the affirmations in. Right now, that's W-R-I-T-E, now. And that new thought or affirmation can then become your practice mantra for days to come and the new way of thinking in the long term. You will know the affirmations on which you need to focus the most. Listen intuitively to what you need to feed your mind to produce good, positive energy. I encourage you to practice deep breathing along with the practice of affirmations. Be motivated to follow the instructions on the pages. Breathe, inhale, exhale, relax, relate, release, all of it. Take the moments to quiet your mind, to embrace the present, to release the past and the future, and to honor the breath of life, your purpose, and connection to Creator. 
Stay present in the place of embracing, accepting, and loving yourself. Can the habit of practicing affirmations over time make a difference in your life? Absolutely. (laughs) I am living proof of it. Many people would ask me why I smile often and why I seem to be happy often. And it's because I feel good about myself, my purpose, and my relation to Creator. And I take the time to cultivate this energy within because I'm worth it. And you're worth the effort too. Just think, what will you be left with otherwise? The same old negative thought pattern? Be inspired to embrace these habits as a lifelong journey of love and compassion for self. I truly believe that if we spend the time filling our quote-unquote inner cup with love, light, and positive energy, we will have more to give others from the overflow. I honestly believe that as long as we have breath in our bodies, that as long as we are living and breathing, we are meant to learn and grow. So we've heard, the universe is ever-changing, and we are made of the same substance of the universe. We are made of universal matter, therefore we are destined to change. Be inspired to love the process and to engage the process. You can do it. That's the beginning of the book. The actual paperback book was started in 2012 and released in 2014. But I have to tell you that this is a testimony too. Because the book of affirmations started as a limited edition handmade book. And I released it on my 40th birthday. I only gave out a few copies. But guess what? I kept one for myself. I wrote in it. I practiced them. They were my affirmations to begin with, and I continued to practice those affirmations. It wasn't until many years later that I took those affirmations and the process and put it in a paperback book. Why? I had already been the guinea pig on myself. I had already realized it. Once I took that course in 2020 and realized the why of my happiness, and how God was so faithful to me to give me everything I needed, even to get me through the tragedy of losing my son, I realized I couldn't keep it to myself. And so I share it with you. Let's go. Well, here we are at Milestones and Markers. And I want to talk about being pregnant at the age of 15 in 1983 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a little more than two years after we arrived. I did some reflection on this. The testimony truly is amazing. For those who don't know, I had my first child when I was 15, my second child when I was 17, my third child when I was 22, and my fourth child when I was 25 and I graduated from law school at the age of 26. When I think back to my teen mother skill sets, (laughs) I thought back, wow, I was really managing and organizing and the follow up and the follow through. Innately, the meal prep, the time management, finish 10th grade with my first baby and then high school with my second baby child development, what was happening in my body. I read that book over and over and over and over again. I was so curious about what was happening. I didn't know what to expect. I went from a virgin to a mother. I already had in my heart to be a lawyer from the age of seven. It seemed as if my dreams had been derailed. 
but God stint at a business school in Tulsa. And after coming home on May 15, 1986, after graduating from high school, I started Penn State University in August of that year, miraculously. Shout out to Ms. Boswell. <laughs> I met an angel at Penn State University who truly, truly was used by God to send me in so many directions as student government president, Black Student League president. I have so many stories just from that alone. Graduating with a major and a minor at 22 and off to law school. I got into four of the five law schools that I applied to. Villanova, Rutgers, Widener, and Temple. Come on, y'all. God did it. And I have to tell it. So... Being pregnant at 15 in 1983 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that milestone, remembering and reflecting, reflecting on that little place that my quote unquote mother-in-law took us to in Muskogee to get a Jenny Lynn crib in Jonathan's entire layette. He had a matching dressing table and all the stuff. And I was still in my bunk beds. (laughs) I went from riding my bike and playing on the monkey bars to raising a son by the grace and mercy of God. Now, clearly my brain wasn't finished, which didn't happen until (laughs) 25 or 26, as psychology tells us. Clearly, I was lacking some things at 15. But I'm telling y'all, miraculously, I was a great mother at 15, given all of the circumstances. My mother empowered me to do it. You laid down to do it, you're gonna take care of the baby. You're gonna get up at night, you're gonna make the bottles, you're going to do everything and everything I did. I can remember going back to high school you always like those folks that remember the old folks folks would say, I had to walk three miles in the snow with no shoes on to get to school. Y'all, I had to walk book bag, diaper bag, stroller across our town. <laughs> we live near Utica Square. That's a whole nother story. We lived in a rich neighborhood. God planted us in the rich neighborhood. Okay. Utica Square. Anyone who knows Tulsa, and I, I can't wait to go back and just reflect on Tulsa. But I had to walk to the bus, and the bus is not like here on the East Coast. We didn't know that. Blocks to get to the city bus. Not the school bus, the city bus. Get him off the bus, take him to the babysitter, which was near my high school, a magnet school, Booker T. Washington. <laughs> I was at Booker T, y'all, in Tulsa. Walk to Booker T., go to school, go back to the babysitter and reverse all of that and go home. This was it. Not to mention my first job at Wendy's and my other jobs babysitting. This was it. And so what I thought about what I could do to help young people when I transitioned from career to calling, from the practice of law, prosecuting juveniles to meeting them in the trenches before they get to the bar of the court. I was an at-risk child. I was at risk. For dropping out when I thought what can I give them I thought the study skills the time management and all the things that I did innately to succeed as a teen that was God 
God planted the vision. God planted the dreams. And he brought it to fruition. Law school graduation at 26. Recently, Maya was spending some time here in my studio where I'm recording the podcast. And she had a reflection aha moment. Wait, I went to Temple. How did you do all of that? Mother, how did you graduate from law school by 26? God did it. And I'm here to tell the testimony. Let's go. Where you at? Are you in Chicago? What? What? Where you at? Are you in Dallas? Where you at? Are you in Compton? Or where you at? Or where you at? Here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Here we are at Shout Outs. You guys have continued to just give me great feedback. And as long as you do, I'm going to keep this segment on the podcast. So the first person I want to shout out is Miss Ware from Penn State. Hey, Miss Ware, one of my mentors. Y'all, I believe in mentoring. I have some great mentors who are still very much a part of my life. I sent the link to the podcast out to the Penn State crew text message string. (laughs) And Miss Ware immediately hit back and said, go, 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 go. And she forwarded it to her niece. And so shout out to Miss Ware for the feedback, the support. Miss Ware was the librarian at Penn State, y'all. When I went to college, we were in the stacks. (laughs) We didn't have the computers but they were just coming out right around then. I remember taking a computer programming class there at Penn State, now the Brandywine campus. But Miss Ware was truly a blessing in my life, along with Miss Boswell that I mentioned earlier. Shout out to Miss Boswell and Miss Ware. And so the next shout out that I want to give is to Licia, my cousin in Georgia. She gave me some great feedback on one of the episodes She said that she turned it into a Bible study. She pulled out the Bible. She realized, hey, I can delve deeper in some of this. And she just used it as an opportunity to just dive into the word. So go, Licia, for showing what you can do with something like this. If it was me listening, I'm sure I would have done the same thing. And that says a lot from her. Thank you, Licia, for the feedback. I appreciate it. Well, that's it. Short and sweet. We're going to continue to shout folk out and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because that is one way of practicing gratitude. Hallelujah. This audio blog is truly a testimony. Before I turned 50 years old, just months before, maybe two, I took a trip to Alaska to visit my godmother who has lived there for decades. It was my first trip to Alaska and I really needed to take the trip, the journey, the long journey for the first time in my life to really ponder what direction am I going in in my 50s? the 50 Club. I embarked upon a journey. I was seeking God. 
and going far away, farther away than I've ever been, was the way in which I was going to do it. I was determined to blog and to share the experience, both with pictures and with prose. I took a little notebook with me that was empty. Y'all, I have about 55 journals. Did I say ever tell you that I had 55 journals? I've been writing. And I took a little pink journal with me and I decided I was going to begin the blog in that journal, writing. I love to actually write, handwrite. And so I took the pink journal and I went on the journey and I was chronicling the journey. It's now full. There are multiple entries on Nia44.com. And if you're wondering what that means and why Nia44, I have to put a dot, dot, dot. We just don't have time in this episode. But stay tuned. There's so much to share. This post is entitled, Go Where You Need to Go to Be Well. September 15th of 2020. It's about a week before my birthday. I'm a proponent of therapy or counseling. And I have been for many years. I've had counseling, both marriage counseling and personal counseling. There are no buts. Everyone should do what is best for them to get the help they need, period. And you can quote me on that. Each time a person leaves therapy, work needs to be done by that person in between visits. This could be anything from taking medication prescribed by a physician or doing the work on themselves. I believe we can all do the work to find and realize our own wellness in mind, body, spirit, and emotion. I have known people who rely on counseling and their behavior seems to get worse instead of improving. And I've also known people who went to counseling and they are realizing the rewards of the work they are doing in their own lives, starting with the decision to go to counseling. Some people rely on a holistic approach to their overall health, using holistic remedies instead of relying on traditional medicine Strategies such as eating well and exercising to avoid having to take medications to reverse the impact of, say, high blood pressure. This is when the blood pressure is not so bad that it can be managed with these holistic practices. Others rely on medication to manage their overall health. I've been near folks whose physicians told them to change their lifestyle or take medication. And I've seen the impact of both, taking the medication with side effects and changing the lifestyle to healthy eating, exercise, and overall wellness. If I have to choose, I choose the holistic remedy instead of taking medication. That's just my choice. For example, I prefer to irrigate my sinuses to relieve congestion, a holistic remedy of distilled water and saline, and to manage my sinus issues holistically over the antibiotic that I would take whenever I got a sinus infection. It works for me as a holistic remedy to clear congestion and to keep me from suffering with the sinus infections that I used to get annually. That's my choice. Recently, back in 2020, Corinne, my oldest daughter and I had a discussion based on her statement, everyone needs a therapist. She had not ever been to a therapist and was making the statement in the vacuum based on her love of psychology. Don't get me wrong, I love psychology too. As a matter of fact, 
My undergraduate degree was in social and behavioral sciences. I took many psychology classes. Maya and I even discovered that we had the same psychology book from our Psychology 101 classes in college. Mine from Penn State in the 90s, hers from Temple about eight years ago. Clearly mine was the older edition. I also completely loved the psychology class that I recently took, the 10-week Science of Well-Being offered on CourseRA.org and Yale University. I'm paying that for it right now in this segment. Take that 10-week course for free. It was amazing. It really honestly taught me the why of my happiness, validating my holistic lifestyle. I had an aha moment. The science backed what really is in the word from the beginning. My daughter hipped me to the class and was enrolled in it before I knew about it. I was excited about having the opportunity to take the journey with her. One thing that I liked about the class was the three to four weeks of the class when we had a chance to quote unquote do the work that we had reviewed in the class. All the requirements, the suggestions to move away from social media, the things that don't add value or make us happy, the way our minds think, they will, and so much more. Since I had been doing many of the things the class suggested for over a decade, I challenged myself to do more of the things to make the assignments more helpful. I have another personal challenge from that class, but more on that later. My daughter was a bit frustrated when I suggested that she finish the class or when I simply suggested that she get a therapist, work on her own stuff, give it some time, and then develop an opinion about therapy. I guess it served its purpose, however, because she hung up the phone and got a therapist. Good for her. To be clear, I also don't think a person has to be on the brink of a nervous breakdown to seek or benefit from therapy. I literally have referred many people to therapy and folks will attest to this. The conversation with my daughter reminded me of when she had some angst years ago about faith. She was frustrated with some conversations that she was having about faith and God. And I told her, it's hard to talk to somebody about faith and the Bible when you haven't read the Bible. I suggested that she start with reading it herself. And she did. Good for her. Good for her. That's impressive. Many people don't take the time to read and to know the scriptures for themselves. In that recent conversation, I also asked her how she was doing with her journey in the Bible. She admitted that she had fallen off in 2020. The Bible tells us that the world will not give us true peace, period. It also tells us where to find this everlasting peace within that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. I find this peace in the promises of Psalms 23, 27, 91, and all of the Psalms from the heart of King David. I find this peace in Jesus. I choose to meditate on the Word of God, and I can do this daily as much as I want. In 2020, I have been doing more of these things, reading the Bible, praying and praising God, listening to the sermons. But God in 2020, if my people who are called by, by if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, then dot dot dot. 
is a promise that 1 Chronicles 7, 14 tells us. It's an if-then promise given at the dedication of the temple. Did God know the heart of mankind? Of course. Did he know that he would have to do some things to get our attention? Of course. If we back up from verse 14 and read from the beginning of 1 Chronicles 7, or even from the beginning of the book, we will find the context. Given the heart of man and what we actually know about Solomon, the wisest man to live, God may have to do some things to get our attention and when he does, his people can call on him. I love the 34th Psalm, an acrostic poem that David wrote when he pretended to be insane. It was ironic. David gives all the glory to God for deliverance from fear and actual destruction from his enemies. David says, Oh, taste and see the goodness of God. David wasn't insane, but wisdom told him what to do in those circumstances. Get out alive and give the glory to God. In Psalms 34, David writes in the NLT version, He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He goes on to say, the Lord is close to those brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He skillfully takes each letter of the Hebrew alphabet and writes each line of the poem with each successive letter, all to give God the glory of what God did to deliver him. He not only escaped and wrote a poem giving God the glory, but he also attracted broken followers who were distressed or disconnected. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 22. This reminds us that as believers, we have a responsibility to the body of Christ. We can mourn with those who mourn, oftentimes just being there and present. Listening or silent is the best way to be there for people who mourn. I have learned in my own mourning. We can bring peace to a situation and be blessed. Proverbs tells us in the 27th chapter, the 17th verse, that we can and should sharpen each other. This is love in the truest sense, giving, sharing, caring, and demonstrating the love, compassion, and light that we have been given through Jesus. This is my testimony. By all means, go where you need to go to be new, true, curious, and happy with yourself, to quote my poem, Innate Abilities. If that place is therapy, go. If that place is a drive across the United States over three weeks or three months, go. If that place is a five-day retreat with another Black woman in an RV, if that place is your prayer closet, go. If that place is your Bible, go. If that place is all of the above and then some, go. Go taste, see, choose, and do it. Many of the things I I have actually done. I remember when my daughter and I visited Ojai Valley, her choice for a day trip in my early days of visiting California. (laughs) What a delight. I still have fond memories of that day the drive to and from, the moments exploring the city, and most of all, the quality time we spent. 
We arranged olive oil and wine tastings on that day trip. We walked in a bookstore without walls or ceilings. We went, we saw, we tasted, and we know what that journey gave us in our quality time together. Just seeing an olive grove and huge olive trees and the process by which they extract the oil was enlightening and made me appreciate the product even more. Oh, taste and see. At the end of the day, if the place where you find yourself is not meeting your mental, spiritual, emotional, or physical needs, go somewhere else. Ultimately, I find this place within. And sometimes to get to that place, I move my physical body to get to quiet solace. Doing the inner work is not easy, but I have found it completely rewarding. 14 years of keeping a daily journal, actually more than that. Over a decade of practicing affirmations, almost a decade of practicing gratitude, and a lifetime of faith in Jesus. Being here with me every step of the way, with praying grandparents, praying great-grandparents, and the 23rd Psalm as a legacy. I shall not turn around. I shall press forward, surrender even more to my Creator, and let Him finish the work that He has begun in me. At the very end of my work is a rest in God. And if I choose to use therapy and counseling as a tool or strategy, I won't hesitate to do that. I have learned to do regular check-ins with my own need for balance or my own need to withdraw and put the proverbial oxygen mask on myself. I am aware that I'm grieving my son and I probably always will. But as long as you see me dancing, singing, and giving God the glory, know that I am with As long as you see me cooking and stretching on my mat, reading my Bible and listening to sermons, taking a hot bath or a long drive, know that I am well. As long as you see me taking one tiny baby step or crawl towards being a better person in action and deed, know that I am well. As long as these blog posts continue to inspire, know that I'm doing well. I'm inspired by writing and sharing them, that's for sure. To God be the glory for these things. It's a miracle what you see in me following such a tragedy in my life. A sheer miracle. But God, in 2020 and forever, I choose to reach out to even the hem of his garment and trust and believe that I can walk free from my infirmities with him. The Bible tells us about the woman at the well. She came for water. Instead, she got the living water and was made well. Well, y'all already know I'm the woman at the well with well more than five husbands. I need Jesus. In my humble opinion, everyone needs Jesus, the healer. This is my testimony. I hope to do like Jesus and look to the creator in my last breath, the one who I hope to meet on the other side. The Bible tells me that Jesus shepherds me, advocates for me, and is the one who demonstrated the glory of God the one who leads me to the almighty creator. I need to put it all in context. I need to put it all in the context of eternity. To God be the glory for the things he has done in my life. May I boast only in the Lord, as David says in the 34th Psalm. The audio blog. It's time to pay it forward. I need to first make a clarification from the last episode. 
I sent y'all to Elevation Church and I need to be more specific. That's with Stephen Furtick. And so you can find that on the web. It's great. I also want to pay forward two other things that have been instrumental in my life. The first is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I have to say that this book recently came to mind in life circumstances. It's so easy for us to make assumptions and to get caught up in our heads, right? We all know that. Or to not use our words with or to not use our words delicately. And so I was recently reminded to not make assumptions, but to ask clarifying questions, which you will find in the four agreements. Go ahead and check that out. The other thing I want to pay forward is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. This book was actually given to me by my oldest daughter. And when she gave it to me, she said, Mom, this book resonates your journey. And I thought, great. She was just about to start the course in the artist's way. Y'all, I just pulled my book off the shelf. I have so many notes in it. So I'm not just paying this forward. It's going to boomerang back to me because I need to go back and look at all of my notes and remember the journey with the artist's way. It was actually this book that led the author of Eat, Love, Pray to write that book, to go on the journey and then write the book. So if you're looking for a course, a journey, a step-by-step process to get you from one place to the other, the artist's way, a spiritual path to higher creativity is a great resource. Paying it forward. Go, 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 go. Affirmation eight. Relate. Wholeness. I relate to my creator. I relate to peace. I relate to joy. I relate to forgiveness. I am forgiven. I forgive myself. I forgive others. There is not one iota of fear in faith. Not one scintilla of fear in love. I recognize the creator in me. I love myself. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91.1 That's affirmation number eight in the power of affirmations. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the journey with me and I hope to see you the next time. We're going to continue traveling down this road. If you like what you hear, please, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, and forward it. Peace out.